I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, welcome to Parenting the Adlerian Way. I'm your host, Adlerian family counselor and parenting expert, Allison Schaefer. Each week, I answer your burning parenting questions to help reduce the stress of parenting one tip at a time. We'll explore Adlerian psychology together and learn methods of child guidance for raising a happy, confident, capable, resilient child. Hi there. Welcome back to the podcast. It's Allison. And today our session is a Q&A. So thank you to those people who wrote in. I'll get right at it here. The first one I'm going to condense. It was a much longer uh, email and with a lot of details. So um, I think what's important here is for you to know that uh, the woman who is writing me has two boys, 15 and 11, and that the 11-year-old, because of their age, is not vaccinated. The 15-year-old and, and the woman writing, the mom, is. Her problem comes in that she has a boyfriend whose ex does not believe in vaccination. The, his kids are older, 17, and a daughter about the same age. And uh, they are very cavalier in their attitude because of their uh, mother's um educating them and her belief system. And the problem is that uh, her boyfriend and her get together and the his children come and come with friends. And this is creating a, a transmission issue uh, risk for her, uh, her family. And she's um, feeling that the the boyfriend is not doing a good job of managing this. Uh, you know, he, uh, he tells them to behave a certain way, and then they still bring friends over, and they still don't follow the rules. And um, she says she doesn't think that it's her place to speak up. She wanted, the last time she said, um, so the night uh, my boyfriend's sons brought three friends over, I wanted to message the son and say something to the effect of, it would be nice if you listened to your dad and did as he asked. Plus, every time you hang out with friends, it puts my kids at risk, especially my youngest. But then I don't want to feel like it's my place. I almost want to say I'll have to distance from my boyfriend if cases go up here again or because of their behavior. 
So I'm sorry that you're faced with this. Um, it's interesting how this pandemic has created these new social tensions. Um, so I think going through some uh, guidelines here for you. You are right in that um, when we're doing child, a child guidance in a coupleship that we want the um, biological parent to set the rules and boundaries. It's very easy for um, the kids to say, you're not my mother. Who are you to tell me what to do? So it's it's better that you work on on their relationship uh, just as the girlfriend and let the father do the, the disciplining. Now, unfortunately, He's failing at his discipline, and the results of that is putting your kids at risk. So I do think that you have um, a role here to speak up for yourself, and um, I don't think you want to say you should listen to your dad, because <laughs> um, I don't think they will anyways, but you might just say how don't direct their behavior. You simply want to um, discuss that have they thought about it from your perspective that this is putting you at risk and that you really want their help with this and um, see if they'd be willing to help you. And if they do not c comply, then um, I would say that you're just going to, you, you really can't make other people do things, um, as you know, <laughs> as you're discovering. He can't get his kids to follow the rules, and chances are you're not going to be able to either. So you, we can't rely on controlling other people's behavior. But we can decide what we're willing to do. And uh, and so you have some choices here. You could say, I am unwilling to be around my boyfriend and his family because we're having trouble um, making sure that these protocols are, are being um, kept. So I'm sorry, that means distance. And um, I'm sure you want to see your boyfriend. Uh, but again, the pandemic has put all kinds of people in weird situations, you know, people that have already divorced having to bubble back with their ex in order to help with uh, child care and homeschooling and things. And like, it's not comfortable, but everybody's shouldering a load. And it may just be in this case that that's going to be your answer until your 11-year-old becomes 12 or until the, his um, uh, children take a little bit more of a, um, a serious evaluation of how this is uh, impacting other people and do it out of their kindness of, of wanting to keep that relationship uh, going well for their dad and you. So there you go. I hope that's helpful. And I'm sorry you're in that situation. And thank you for the question. Uh, next one I have here. Hi, Allison. I've been a fan of the advice you share for, from the Marilyn Dennis Show to your Facebook Lives and now your podcast. Here's a question for you. I have kids in grade 9, 14 years old, and 11, 16 years old, and they have no idea what they would like to do when they grow up. How do you recommend we help them discover themselves, their career job-related skills, and their likes and dislikes in starting to look forward to the future? So I'm so glad you sent in this question. Um, I actually, it inspired me to have another guest on the podcast, uh, and she's agreed, but um, she and I are both on holidays at different times, and we couldn't get it together to, to, for this one to answer your question, but I will have her on. And her name is uh, Lori Stevenson, and she has a company that you could Google. But again, I'll, I'll have her on, and we'll sh share more about it. But it's called uh, uh, My Big Sky. It's probably more uh, for your 16-year-old. Um, it skews a little bit older, but the whole premise of her um, services are she's helping find that interface between a child's 
interests, attitudes, um, you know, the way they move through life, lifestyle, as Adler would call it, and what are some workplace considerations and some occupational areas that would be a match. So it's it's not just about, I had my daughter go through it, and then the report was just fantastic, and then she's just coaching and counseling around it after, but again, I'll, I'll share all that with you. So there are services like that if you're interested. Uh, I think as a parent, it's also important to just know that um, just like we expose them to different sports and different musical instruments, instruments and to the arts and to nature and all the things. You just keep exposing, exposing, exposing. Um, I think just that in and of itself is a great thing to do as a parent. But I would say that at 14 and 16, that and given that we're living in North American culture in 2021 and what I know about mental health, the important thing here actually is to take the pressure off them to know what they want to be when they grow up. You know, that, that if we really and it is a pressure. Believe it or not, it really is a pressure. And the most important thing, I think, is for them to understand that it doesn't need to be a pressure, that um, if we really look at back at people's lives, and maybe you can think of your own life and the path that you took or read some autobiographies, um, you know, Stephen Jobs started with calligraphy. I mean, it's just amazing where your life goes. That, that we need to normalize the fact that most people have four to five major career changes. So what I thought I wanted to do when I was, you know, uh, 14 years old is very different I, than where I ended up. I, you know, my first degree is in kinesiology because at that time in my life, I was very fascinated with the body, uh, but I didn't have the marks to get into medicine. Um, and I'm very glad I have that degree. Uh, that has informed me in many ways. I, I still consider myself a scientist and I'm still fascinated with the body science, but I also went on to like import Italian tableware and I sold real estate for a while and I was a list broker and then I worked for a nonprofit in direct mail fundraising. And so I jumped around a lot until it really, until I had kids and landed on this career in my 30s and went back to school and got my master's degree. Um, although I was raised Adlerian, um, I didn't think of it as an occupation. <laughs> it's more of a more of a lifestyle. But anyways, um, so so there should be no pressure, and and that jumping around is not failure. I think we really have to normalize that, um, you know. And um, I think the other thing is when we when we talk to adults and go back about their um, development and how they made their choices, it's not uncommon for somebody to say, you know, oh well, I was I'm I'm a geographer and like, oh, how did you pick that? And they'll say, well, you know, when I was in high school, I had this amazing geography teacher. And it's often a favorite teacher that really ignites kids and then they get really into the subject matter and then they do well with their grades and then they follow where their grades are. So, you know, that's just another common path that happens that way. Um, but, you know, even as they go into university, my father was an academic advisor and uh, at the University of Waterloo. It is not uncommon for kids to switch between programs, to switch between universities. There's there's a lot of exploration. And it's just too bad that kids interpret that as somehow floundering or failing or I made a mistake. And it's not. It's ex We need to have the, the spirit of exploration and self-discovery. So thinking about what your kids' interests and passions are, you know, it can be outside of academics too. You know, are they somebody who really likes to work with their hands? Are they someone who really prefers to be outside than inside? Do they like to solve puzzles? Are they more analytical or are they more poetic? Um, I think those are all just sort of curiosity questions that you can ask. Um, so, yeah, so I would just say, yeah, you're, you're doing a great job. Uh, one of your most important things is to tell them don't sweat it. <laughs> there you go. Um, it's always so interesting to know what, what will our kids be when they grow up. All right, last question for us today. 
This question is, uh, hi, Allison. I have been someone who has followed you for years. Thank you for uh, building into parents like me. Uh, you are making a difference. I would like to hear your thoughts around dating, setting boundaries for dating, and some guidelines for dating. You know, um, it's, it's interesting. When my kids were at the age where people started dating, I had a very good friend whose kids were in a different uh, township, a different high school, and no, none of the kids in that school were dating. And I realized it's amazing how much it's um, not maybe so much about your individual development and maturity as much as you're in a social context and it starts to give put some pressure on you of how you're supposed to be behaving, interestingly enough. Um, but think about what it is. You know, it, dating is about being in a relationship that's associated with some feelings of love or attraction uh, rather than being in a platonic relationship. And my daughter would have said she was dating the, the, the boy across the street, and I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, you're only in grade six. How can that be dating? But dating, she's using the word, but really she would look out our front window and wait until he came out the front door of his house, and then they would walk to school together. That was dating. Um, and she did that for a year. So they never saw each other except for that walk to school. <laughs> they never held hands. Never. It's just so um, I guess there's the definition of what dating is. But uh, but really, it, they start to hit some level of, of um, maturation where love and attraction through puberty starts to kick in there. And as a parent, what we really are hoping for as they go through dating is that we, we want them to have a, uh, a lifelong understanding of being in healthy, mutually respectful relationships, um, you know, that they'll form this over a lifetime and that they can we should have a wish for our children. I know it's hard for parents to get their head around it, um, but we want them to develop a healthy um, sexuality as well without fear and, and without shame. Um, think about your own sexual development and whether or not, you know, you were shamed or if there's things that you were um, restricted by because of old scripts in your head or something that went wrong. Somebody made a disparaging comment about something and, and it shut you down and you've never really gotten over it. So we, obviously we don't want our kids to have a bad sexual life. I know you might be a little freaked out about them going down that path, but the point is they are. So let's make it healthy is kind of what I'm saying. And so the idea here is that in order to do this, yes, we want some uh, parental guidance and uh, and to know that it's going to take some time and it's going to take some experimentation and they're going to try different people on for size. They're going to be in some relationships that aren't respectful or that they can't get their needs met or that are very controlling or very one way. And that's how you learn. Uh, they're not going to hit it out of the bell park on the very first one. And so it can be a little painful for parents to watch. So we can, we can guide and, and we can help them process, but we can't control them and we can't forbid bid them and we can't force them to slow down. Uh, I think what we do want to do is to speak to them about the value in being very attuned to both your small inner voice, the one that's, you know, maybe through puberty saying like, oh, I really like that boy. I really like that boy. I really want to hold hands and kiss him. Um, but also to listen to that small inner voice that's also part of your moral development as well, which is, you know, instead of just being impulsive and having regrets, um, that when we move more slowly and more conscientiously and take things in baby steps, that we've got more time to process and more time to assess and more time to say, did I feel okay about that? Um, and, and you can't do that when you move too fast. So, you know, slow and steady wins the race. So as parents, again, in terms of these guidelines, um, you, you know, you want to be educating them 
hopefully they'll sit and have conversations with you. Uh, So it's really important if we want them to open up and come to us for counsel that we don't be judgmental, don't be critical. uh, Otherwise, they're not going to come. If they don't like to talk to you, there's, you know, books on dating and things that you could pick up. But we do. We kind of want to be a little bit coachy about some basic you know, chivalry and manners and all those kinds of things. Um, although, you know, rules keep changing, as you know, social rules. But, you know, who who pays for a date and, you know, uh, you know how can, do you say thank you the next day? Is it okay to do that by text or do people never do that anymore? But I think you teach them uh, what some of those nice etiquette pieces are and whether they adopt them or not, I guess, is up to them. But um, I think it would be nice to say, well, you know, I did my part to create a gentleman or to create somebody with manners. We'll see whether they grow into them. But you can also just talk about guidelines in terms of what you feel comfortable with because, you know, it's your house and you're, if they're having somebody over, then you're the guardian of that other person's child while they're in your home. You're hosting. It comes with responsibilities. And so you might state that you're not comfortable with them being in the bedroom with the door closed, for example, that you're, you know, they might say like, oh, mom, and roll their eyeballs. And you're like, hey, look at, you know, sorry, that's, that's, I get to have a level of comfortability too. And I share this house. So that makes me feel comfortable. Let's work together on this. And you might talk about, you know, how, how can we figure out a way that, you know, you've been seeing this person, I'd really like to get to know them. Um, You know, would they stay and have dinner? You know, can we chat with them? Or, you know, at some point, maybe if you guys have been hanging out for a long time, it'd be really nice to get to know their parents. Maybe we can have a barbecue or something. So you can work with your child around some of those guidelines of, of getting to know them and expectations for how much time you spend with your new girlfriend, boyfriend, and how much time you still spend, you know, with your family and your other friends and your homework and your other obligations, because some relationships can be all consuming. Um, so those are some of the guidelines. And, and again, you know, you're going to have to get into some education, sex education, consent education, um, and those are always better sort of earlier rather than later um, because, uh, again, they take a little bit more personally, like you're prying into their business. But if you talk about it well in advance of, of sort of needing to know, then it, it the conversation can often go a little bit more smoothly. Um, so hopefully that is helpful. And if you have a more specific question about dating, um, please send it in. Anyone else have dating questions? <laughs> we actually just taped another eight episodes of The Parenting Show um, on Rogers TV, and they're is uh, a whole episode coming up this fall on dating as well. So thanks so much, everybody. I am actually off on holidays, so there won't be a podcast next week. I hope that you're enjoying the summer and that you're getting ready for back to school, and I will be back with another episode and more guests when I'm returned and refreshed. So till then, take care. As you know, it takes a village to make a podcast, so thanks to my team, including Max Cotter, my editor and technician, as well as the crew at H2O Digital. This podcast was recorded in Toronto, Canada. We acknowledge the land we are meeting on is the traditional territory of many nations, including the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Anishinaabek, the Chippewa, the Haudenosaunee, and the Wendat people, and is now home to many diverse First Nations, Inuit and Métis. We also acknowledge that Toronto is covered by Treaty 13 with the Mississaugas of the Credit. Hmm. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.